This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Ingress. All the slots are filled for the Tab Everest and the countdown is on to one of the most exciting race days in the world. All the way from Ireland is the dual Group 1 winner 10 Sovereigns to take on Australia's elite sprinters. Redzell is attempting an unthinkable third straight Everest. Western Australia's Arcadia Queen will join her stablemates Yes 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 and Nature Strip in an attempt to give the Wallace Stable its first Everest win. A win by Pirata for Warwick Farm trainer Greg Hickman would be a hugely popular result. Classic legend hasn't had the experience of the others, but he's a dynamic sprinter. Alizé and Trekking will carry the famous royal blue silks of the Godolphin operation. Seven-year-old Santa Anna Lane and In Her Time are proven top-flight sprinters having their second shot at the Everest, while brilliant mare Sunlight has found her best form at the right time. The intrigue of the world's greatest sprint race has gripped racing fans Australia-wide. Royal Randwick will be bursting at the seams on Saturday, October the 19th, and racing fans around the world will be watching. What a concept, what an occasion, what a race, the Tab Everest. A young lady called Jade McNaught has recently taken Western Australian racing by the seat of its pants and turned it upside down. She's what they're calling a mature age apprentice. Most apprentice jockeys are in their late teens or perhaps nudging 20. But Jade McNaught is 31 years old and began her race riding career as recently as May of last year. She's already ridden well over 140 winners, many of them for leading Western Australian stables. The winners have been flowing all year long and she was rapidly establishing a reputation as a very talented jockey. But on the 14th of September, she did something that grabbed headlines Australia-wide and sent social media into a spin. Jade rode six winners on a nine-race card at Belmont, becoming the first WA apprentice to do so. Only Frank Treen and William Pike had achieved it previously, and they were fully-fledged jockeys. As we talk to Jade McNaught on Sunday the 13th of October, she has just arrived at the Geraldton Racecourse after a four-hour drive from Perth. Jade, uh, I don't know how, how you handle all of the travelling. Uh, yeah, you get used to it. I guess the, the, the rewards make it worthwhile. But you're, you're flying back to Perth tonight. Yeah, flying back tonight. Well, you had a great day yesterday at Ascot. You had uh, plenty of rides, two winners, and a couple of others were beaten by very narrow margins. Yeah, no, it was a good day. Not complaining. Um, yeah, it was um, went in with a with a good book, but um, definitely good results following. Now you were at the two day Kalgoorlie Cup Carnival, where you rode a winner on both days, and it's been all systems go ever since. Your last week is quite hard to get your head around. You've, you've ridden at Northam, Bunbury, York, Ascot uh, and Geraldton today and goodness knows how many track gallops in between. Yeah, I ride. I wouldn't want to count how many horses I ride ride a week, including track work and trials and, and races. But, um, yeah, it, it's quite a few, but it's all good practice. 
You're firmly entrenched among Western Australia's top jockeys. Do you really need to be doing this amount of travelling? Um, I think if I thought I, I couldn't handle it, I probably wouldn't. But at the moment, um, it's fine. It keeps me busy. Um, if Yeah, I probably, if I didn't have a good book of rides, I probably wouldn't go. But I'm at Geraldton for only three today, but there's three very good chances. So, mm. But for trainers that have supported me, so it's very hard to say no. Mm. Your achievements as a jockey over the last 16 months have obviously surpassed your expectations. You really are living the dream, aren't you? Yeah, I'd say so. I think um, a lot of people would love to be in my shoes. So, yeah, I'm very grateful to be in the opportunities that I get. Now, Jade, let's relive the day you made racing history. Saturday the 14th of September. You arrive at Belmont with a full book of nine rides what were you thinking? How many races did you expect to win on the day? Oh, I, it was. I went in again, like I do most Sundays, with, with a very good book. But you know, you never imagine that you're going to ride six winners. Um, I guess you you sort of aim for a double or a treble. I mean, that that would be your biggest goal. Mm. Well, from the top, you got away to a fly with a winner in the very first race, Bell of Liberty, at a dollar sixty. You were unplaced in the second race, and then there were two straight winners, a millionite at $5 and Cockney Crew at $3.20, and Cockney Crew won that race, Jade, by eight and a half lengths. Yeah, he's a very nice horse. Um, I think I'm riding him again on, on Saturday if everything if everything goes to plan, so I'm looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, he's definitely a horse that um, you're very lucky to ride. You finished third in race five and then came another winner, Bunker Buster, at $6. So what were you thinking at this point in the afternoon? After four winners, did you think, well, that'll be it? I can't do any better than that, surely. Yeah, well, I think my best rides were, apart from the first, obviously that was a very, a very short short priced horse, but um, I think I, my, my better rides probably were, were still to come. So I was not really counting the tally. I was just sort of taking each race by race, but... um. You know, I, I went in with a, a fairly, like, um, I guess, a promising promising opinion anyway of the horse. Mm. You were unplaced in race seven. That would have brought you back to earth. And then, <laughs> bang, another winner, and this time in a listed race, the Farnley Stakes on Neurological at the succulent odds of $18. Yeah, I did not think that I would win that. Um, we were not even sure if we wanted to start him from the sticky gate. Um, so, yeah, and obviously I don't claim in the race. And uh, Martin Allen had um, had the faith to put me on as, as Willie Pike had taken a ride for Grant and Alana Williams. So um, I was the, the next option for after William Pike. So it was um, it's an honour in itself. And, um, yeah, the to the horse's credit, he um, probably didn't have the best run, but it, it didn't work out too bad. And, um, yeah, he was the best over the line. Mm. You came into the last race on a fancied runner, stage man, at $3.50. Was your confidence really sky high by then or were you thinking this can't possibly happen? Oh, again, I just wasn't really thinking about that. I just wanted to go out and do my best. It was, um, he, I think he was jumping from the outside gate um, and um, it's for, you know, the le- leading trainer and the, and, and the leading owner, I guess, of, of WA Racing. So I guess... I thought that uh, I don't really get too nervous, which is good, but um, I guess there was a, a, a little bit of pressure coming from everywhere um, mm. for him to go well. So, um, 
but yeah, I just sort of just took it all in my stride and um and just tried to do my thing. <laughs> Six winners at a Saturday Metropolitan Race Meeting in Perth. I can't imagine the thoughts that were running through your head as you came back to scale on that last winner. Yeah, <laughs> um, probably a little bit of shock. Um, just pleased that I was that I was able to to get the the job done from for Bob and Adam really. Um, because I guess each person I rode for, or Adam, I rode for for him that day. But you know, yeah. you you have to go in. You're riding for different connections each time, and they expect you to to go out there and do your best on that particular horse, not what you've done that day. So, mm. um, yeah, it was good to do it for for Bob and Adam anyway. Well, Adam Durant has been a great supporter, a long-time supporter of Jade McNaught, and you try to repay uh, his loyalty by going out to his property at Carnup every Friday morning to ride track work. It's about an hour's drive. Yeah, I try to go out there most Fridays unless I've got something on Adam's. He doesn't make me go there. He just says I can if I want and, and I like to go out there. Um, I like to go out and get a feel of the horses and, and, and pick which ones I like and and you know, hope that I get on them one day. But um, no, he's um, you know, he's he's full of knowledge and insight, and he's been probably uh, one of, if not the, the biggest supporter of me um, in my career. And mm. and yeah, you know, I <laughs> couldn't thank him enough. The trainers of your two other winners on the day were Kieran McDonough and Martin Allen. Now, Jade, you realise they'll be dining out on the fact that they contributed to your history-making feat. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that um, they, you know, they love just to get a Saturday winner, but um, I'm sure they, they love to be a part of, about of a, an important day for me. But um, they were, they were thrilled. Let's find out how your love affair with horses began. Your parents, Kathy and Neil, had not the slightest interest in horses as you were growing up. No, that's right. Um, so it was a sort of a. A, a passion that I that I started on my own somehow. I'm not sure how, but um, yeah, when I was young, I think um, I got my first pony when I was eight, and mm. it um, I started lessons on racing ponies and working at the stable before then, and it, um, yeah, I just got the bug and it never stopped. No, well, that little pony you're talking about was a little mare called Lissy, and uh, you were a member of the Wanneroo Pony Club, which is pretty well known in Perth. Yeah, that's how it all began. It was a very long time ago. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it, the, the pony wasn't the, the easiest pony, and it sort of I never really had the easiest ponies, and it sort of teaches you a lot. Yeah, well, Mum saved every bit of spare cash she could get hold of, and finally had enough money to buy you a horse. The previous one had been leased, so you got another little mare called Ally. I think you found her in the Western Australian newspaper Classifieds and she could do just about anything, couldn't she, Jay? She was a great pony. Yeah, I was spoilt with her. Um, she ended up being – she wasn't naughty at all, this one. She was um, a very, very good pony and she ended up winning me, I think, every trophy there was to win, win at the pony club um, in the years that I had her. And, um, yeah, she sort of brought me a lot of, I guess, you'd call it success back then when you were younger. Mm. Well, the time came where you felt like a change. So you took yourself to Sydney for two years and landed a job with a respected organisation called J&R Equestrian who specialise in the training and competition of performance horses. What were your duties there? Yeah, I was basically um, the groom and, and the rider for them. Um, we, well, we did everything, the, the three of us, um, 
yeah, we platted horses, worked horses, trained horses, broke in horses and took horses to, to competitions. So we'd drive around in the trucks to all the different shows and the royal shows and, and yeah, basically compete clients for both Jess and Reese and uh, – sorry, complete – compete horses for um, clients and Jess and Reese's own horses as well. Mm. You actually bought yourself a horse while you were working for J&R Equestrian. Yeah, that's right. I, had, I bought a pony when I was over there. On, we were, um, at, we were uh, based at, the, um, at home for a couple of weeks over the Christmas and I thought I'd get myself a little after work uh, pony that I'd ride and I broke him in over, over Christmas. <laughs> Probably going to take me a week or two to break him in and um, mm. and then we took him to some shows. But um, I've actually still got him now. He's with my friend and, and um, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty little special pony to me so I'll probably just keep him forever. Good on you, mate. Well, you <laughs> landed back in Perth in 2016 and still the thought of becoming a jockey hadn't entered your head. Now, you landed a job at the famous Scenic Lodge Stud about 50 kilometres north of Perth, and it was named after the great stallion who gave us horses like Scenic Blast, uh, View, the Melbourne Cup winner, Blevick, Marasco, Universal Prince. He was a great sire. Uh, But Scenic was long gone before you got there, but I'll bet his his legacy lived on. Yeah, that's right. So it was a bit before my time, but um, when I was there, Black Fries was there, and obviously he's extremely famous as well. Um, um, he's you know, Brad is the leading sire still in WA, and and I think he's in the top ten or something of Australia. So, um, yeah, it was great working with him and and just um, learning all about. Basically, that's when my my um, love of thoroughbred started. So, um, yeah, it was great to learn everything from from Jeremy and the team at Scenic. They um helped me out a lot. Right. So your main job early on was handling yearlings and foals. Yeah, yearlings and foals and the breed mares and, and the stallions as well. So we did basically we shared jobs, we did a bit of everything. Yeah. There was a man called Murray Sharp working there at the time who later became a trainer. In fact, he's now training in the town um, where you're situated as we speak, at Geraldton on the coast. And it was Murray who got you riding the young horses around the private track at Scenic Lodge. Yeah, that's right. He's actually got a couple of horses in today, I think, Murray. But um, he was sort of the first person that um, that got me into riding the horses. We just There's a track out at Scenic and, um, and he was pre-training a couple of horses just before they got handed over to, to um, the trainers that Jeremy uses and, um, and he was just lunging them and working them at hand and then I decided to hop on a couple. So, uh, yeah, it all started from there. So that was the defining moment when you started to ride those young horses on the private track at a Scenic Lodge, when you felt the power and the rhythm of a thoroughbred underneath you. Do you think that was the the moment that changed the course of your future? I guess so, yeah. It, um, so it wasn't at that stage. I probably, you know, I was riding them a bit like hacks still. So, um, I mean, we weren't really going too fast, but it definitely got me the bug and, um, and then it all progressed from there. Mm. Well, the next adventure was to become a track work rider for trainer Tiana Robertson. You had to get a special licence to ride Tiana's two-year-olds at the Ascot track. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, your slow work licence, so down at the track. So you have to um, – we were riding them at home still. You don't need a licence for that. But then when we started taking the track, you need to get to track work licence. So, um, 
yeah, the the team there um, helped me get that, and we started riding the young horses around there. Most of the horses were actually uh, pre-trainers for Adam Durant, so that's how I first got to to meet Adam. Um, so he was one of the first trainers I really got to meet in the in the racing industry, and um, yeah, then uh, got my ended up getting um, my fast work license, and then progressed on to be a, an apprentice. We'll just pause at this stage, Jade, to clear a commitment on the podcast. Back with Jade McNaught in just a moment. Inglis is again teaming up with Racing New South Wales to present the Ready to Race sale on October the 22nd, three days after the Tab Everest. The timing will again ensure that the sale attracts the attention of buyers from all over the world. The catalogue features juveniles by high-profile stallions like I Am Invincible, Zoo Star, Not A Single Doubt, Written Tycoon, Dundeal, More Than Ready, Medagliadoro, So You Think, Spirit Of Boom, Rubik, Better Than Ready, Brazen Bow and many other super sires. 129 of the juveniles are eligible for bobs. The English Race Series, The Golden Slipper and The Blue Diamond. Many of these two-year-olds have impressed at the breeze-ups conducted in Australia and New Zealand. The 2019 renewal of the English Ready to Race two-year-old sale will be under the world spotlight on Tuesday, October 22nd at Riverside Stables. Hard copies of the catalogue are available at Inglis's Warwick Farm headquarters or online at inglis.com.au. You heard on the grapevine that Rawa Racing and Wagering Western Australia were looking for young horse people to become apprentice jockeys. Now, you were 28 or 29 at the time. Did you feel that you may have left your run too late? Uh, Yeah, well, I was probably um, a little unsure with the age. These days it doesn't bother me at all, but um, going into it, I was obviously a lot older than all the other apprentices uh, going around, I was probably the same age as most of the, the senior jockeys. So um, I was a little bit apprehensive, but uh, as soon as um, you know, I got into the program, it, it clearly became normal. Mm. Well, Tiana Robertson was the trainer to officially sign you up, and then the barrier trial round began. You rode in 39 trials. Did you need to ride in that many? Yeah, well, I think now they've actually had to do a lot more than that. Most, I think everyone else does a lot more, but... Um, at that stage, I was having apprentices riding in races, so I think they pushed me through a little bit. Um, it's a lot easier to get trials, I think, here in WA than it was than it is over east. So you, I was able to do it quite quickly. The thirty-nine. Mm. Your first race ride was a deflating experience. The date was the eleventh of May, two thousand and eighteen. Uh, the track was at Albany. The race was a two-year-old maiden, and you rode a horse, not a very well-named horse. Mighty quick, he ran stone last. Yeah, I don't think she was. I think it was a she. I don't think she was very fast. Um, I just sort of followed the field and wondered what I did wrong. But um, uh, yeah, I don't think. I think the horses retired not long after, so I'm not sure it was anything that I did. <laughs> no, I'm sure it wasn't. Your first winner was at Port Headland, haven't you? Covered some miles. Port Headland is 1,300 kilometres from Perth. It was a maiden race for a trainer called Ray Malpass. And I think the horse was called Mythical Trust. Does that ring a bell? I think I rode two that day. There was Mythical Trust and Money Trainer, and they were both for Ray. Right. Yeah, I think Money Trainer might have been first. But, yeah, there, there was. I think I rode a double that day, so it was good. That was a good start. Yeah. 
Now, we should point out at this stage that Rawa offer a terrific initiative for four kilo claiming apprentices who have to travel long distances to obtain race rides. Yeah, that's right. So I think they subsidise, I think your your whole flight when you're a four kilo and then as you drop down to a three, I think they subsidise half and then it sort of works down from there. And then when you're a one and a half kilo, so you have to cover it yourself. But uh, by then mm. you sort of got your, your, your foot in the door and able to get a few rides to make it worthwhile. Your first Metropolitan win was for Adam Durant at a midweek meeting at Ascot not long ago, last November, and you won a Class 1 race on Magic Planet and the monkey was off your back. Yeah, again, the support from, from that name we keep hearing, Adam Durant. Um, uh, he's um, had a couple of Metro rides, but not many. I'd spend a lot of time just, just going out in the bush and just trying to trying to work on my, my skills and just get used to being in, in a racing environment on the track. So um, I hadn't done a lot lot in town, but um, it was good for Adam to have the faith to put me on. And, um, yeah, he's actually not the easiest horse to ride. I tried to ride him the other day, and, mm. and he's um, got a few tricks up his bag, so it was good to be able to get that win. Your first Saturday Metropolitan win came as recently as January 26th of this year when you led all the way to win a three-year-old race on fire and rain for trainer Paul Jordan. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I think I'd had uh, two rides for Paul Jordan, and um, it was a you know nice easy ride for me as a as a colt at the time. And he just loves to run, as a lot of Paul Jordan's horses like to do. And Paul's pretty good; he loves to support the apprentices. Um, I hadn't had much to do with him or done any work for him, so it was good for him to put me on. And um, yeah, he just um, yeah, he led all the way and got the job done for me. Western Australia is a very big state. It covers one third of the continent. Now, in plying your trade, you get to see a heck of a lot of it. You've ridden, you've been to Port Hedland, Carnarvon, Broome, Roeburn, Geraldton, uh, Meekatharra, Mount Magnet. Most of them are gull rush towns. Yeah, all up there and then down south. You know, I've been, I think I've been to almost every meeting in um in WA you know it's short of a few but um yeah I've definitely definitely been around and back you get used to flying and um you know some days we we go out flying somewhere you know four or five times a week so but it's um it's all a good experience I'm sure a lot of people would love to be able to do something like that so being a jockey you definitely get to see all different sorts of things I imagine several jockeys form a consortium to get to these faraway race meetings, do you often all chip in and charter a plane? Yeah, sometimes they have. Um, sometimes you fly Qantas. Sometimes you fly, fly on a charter, depending on you know how many people are flying and what's going to end up better for them. But um, yeah, some you know there's sometimes you're on nine to twenty seater planes. They're pretty small, and yeah, that some clubs put them on for you as an initiative to get the jockeys there. And um, sometimes you you all chip in, but um, no, it's, it's it's a good way to get there, so it saves driving. It's definitely a massive help. Your country allowance is obviously long gone. You still have a kilo and a half on the provincial tracks like Pinjarra, Bunbury, Northam and York, where you were last Thursday, and you're claiming two kilos in town. Now, when will they expire? <laughs> Hopefully Quickly. not too soon. It's hard because you want to ride winners, but you don't really want to lose your claim. So um, I don't actually know how many exactly how many are numbers. I haven't been counting. I'm a bit scared to look. But, um, yeah, they're, they're both very close to, to being expired. Mm. 
Well, it'll be tough then, obviously, Jade, when you're riding against the William Pikes and the Jared Noskies and all of the top riders over there on equal terms. But you're the sort of girl that'll be fired up by the challenge, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just sort of just got to be positive and um, try and keep your connections and go forward. I, a lot of other people have done it, so I'm sure I can. You know, there's one great story that illustrates your total commitment to your craft. In August, not long ago, you copped a suspension, long enough to take a short holiday in Bali or the Sundays. Not Jade McNaught. What did you do? Yeah, I decided to fly over to, to Melbourne and ride truck work. Um, Goodness so, me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd copped quite a few suspensions, but I've been riding um sort of get a bit competitive and a bit eager and just learning my way still, so making a few mistakes as we go. And, um, you know, I decided that um, I probably should do something a bit more constructive with my time. And, you know, it's hard. You lose a bit of fitness when you head over to Bali or anything. So I thought I'd, um, you know, I love I love riding. So I thought why not, why not try and combine it um, with um, doing something constructive. So I uh, pulled up a few trainers and friends and um, managed to ride um, both in Flemington and Caulfield while I was over there. It was really good. Yeah, and for a couple of top stables too. Yeah, that's right. So I managed to get in with um, Maddie and Simon from Ellison and Zara at Flemington and Kieran Maher, obviously, a very famous trainer at Caulfield. So, yeah, yeah opportunities were fantastic. Mm. Well, they're more than likely to bring some nice horses to Perth for your summer carnival. I'm sure they'll remember the, the effort you put in in track work. Yeah, and no, I think they'll remember me. We had a, we had a good time, and a couple of last actually fell off one at Flemington, and it dragged me through the mud. So that was pretty funny for everybody. But um, <laughs> no, um, um, yeah, they told me that they'd more, be more than happy to to have me there, and would, you know, um, love to see me in Perth as well. So yeah, I'm sure it'd be good. It's good just to make those connections and and meeting new people. It's yeah, always going to help. You give all the credit for your amazing success to the trainers who give you the opportunities and there's a small but select group who believed in you from the very beginning and they're still there, Fred Kersley, Dan Morton, Justine Erkelens and Neville Parnham, great supporters. Yeah, they're just a, just a, a few. Um, you know, we've got Adam Duran and Grant Milano-Williams and um, Ash Maley, they're probably more of the sort of ones that support me. But, you know, there's been so many trainers from from day one that um, have been so good to me and it's them and the connections that allow the trainers to put me on. Um, you know, without getting on the good horses, you're not going to go anywhere. Mm. You mentioned uh, Alana Williams, married to – in fact, she's in a training partnership with her husband, Grant, uh, but her legacy has lived on from her riding days. She was a very successful uh, female jockey in Western Australia as Alana Sansom. Yeah, she's a, was a very good jockey out here, and um, and she's an extremely good person and a very good trainer and a good rider. She um, and she's she's been great. You know, she's more than happy to help all the jockeys. They go over there. She's got a mechanical horse. I've been over there a few times myself, and she gives up her own time and goes out of her way to to give back to the industry. And she's yeah, she's a great person. Mm. Uh, we were at Kalgoorlie last week, and you rode in the Kalgoorlie Cup, uh, which was won by Lucy Warwick on her dad's horse, Spiritual Warrior, and I know that Lucy is one of your role models. You have a very big opinion of her talents. Yeah, she's a, a great rider and a great person, and she's she's more than willing to help me. Um, it's good having – she's in the in 
pretty much all the the town and provincial meetings with me in the jocks room. So we spend a lot of time together. We have a good time and a good good laugh and um and you know uh, watch her ride and and listen to her and she, it's you know it's great great um great to get the advice and the help. Mm. Like many uh, jockeys in Western Australia, you're in awe of William Pike. Yeah, yeah, he's my favourite. <laughs> he's um, he's yeah, not only obviously the, the best rider over here, he's a great person, and and he's just gone out of his way to help me um, in more ways than one. You know, I, 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 yeah, I'm sort of I'm in a competition with him at the moment. We're having a good laugh about the premiership. Um, he's obviously going to take over me very soon, but I'm just trying to get a winner here and there to try and try and keep it keep in touch with him. But um. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing having someone like him that's, yeah, not only a good rider but so willing to help. It, yeah, it's something that's very special to the WA um, racing industry. Mm. How would you describe your technique as a professional jockey? I think I've still got a lot to work on, which is sort of something I need to do before I get into the transition um, to becoming a senior jockey. But, you know, I've only been riding for a short time. That's why it's a little bit tricky. But, you know, I'm getting there. I'm, um, I think you know I, I, I'm I'm fairly good at reading a race. I think for the amount of time that I've been doing it, um, just sort of need, just want to try and just work on my technique a little bit more. But it's yeah, that's why I ride in so many races and so many meetings, just trying to get as much practice as possible. Mm. You told me uh, when we spoke uh, in Kalgoorlie a week or so back that your mum had no interest at all when you first started. Uh, your career as a professional jockey, but now she's a regular at the race meetings in Perth, at least. Yeah, that's right. I got her um, a members pass last week, so she can um, go to all the meetings, um, which she sort of does in between when she's working. So no, she's um, taken a new interest to it, which is good. You know, it's um, it's it's good being able to, I don't, you know, haven't spent, don't get to spend a lot of time with her because I'm so busy. So it's good seeing her there at the races, and she's she loves going now. So that's no, good. You have two brothers who are not aware of the existence of a thing called horse racing. No, no well, none of my family are. Obviously, mum's now been sort of brought into it a little bit more. But um, yeah, no, they they don't really follow it at all. They tell me their friends um, their friends sort of seem to know more about it than them, and they they go down to the pub and um say that I'm in the races, and my brothers don't even have any idea. But you know, they they're great people, and they they um yeah, I'm sure that. I'm sure they um they watch a race here and then every now and then. <laughs> if a nice ride came along in a major race at a light weight, what's the best you could do? What is the lowest weight uh, you could ride at, and how much notice would you need? Um, I could probably ride at any. You know, I'm I'm 52 today, but um, that's sort of just natural. So um, you know, I could get down to 49 with a couple of weeks' notice, or or you know, um. Even I don't, you wouldn't probably need to ride much less than that, but um, if if the right horse and the right trainer and they wanted to put me on, I'd probably do almost anything. Well, hopefully there'll be trainers listening to this all over Australia, Jade, who'll make a note of that. Do you know we had the big meeting at Randwick last Saturday week? Uh, the Epsom handicap saw quite a number of horses on the limit weight. One Sydney trainer imported a jockey from Adelaide to ride a horse in the Epsom at Randwick because she couldn't find a local rider who could get down to the limit weight. Dominic Tourneur came over from Adelaide to ride the horse. Yeah, they, there you go. So I guess opportunities like that do arise and, yeah, I wouldn't be one to say no, that's for sure. Well, the Jade McNaught story is one of the most inspiring in recent racing history. 
and you could be responsible for a rush of 30-year-olds signing up as apprentice jockeys all over Australia. Yeah, well, there's, I guess that's a proven fact now that you, you can never be too old, I guess. Um, so, no, um, yeah, as many people as are inspired, I think it's great. We need more people in the industry and, yeah, it's, it's a great, great thing to be a part of. Jade, I know you've had a hell of a week. I know you've just completed a four-hour drive from Perth to Geraldton, uh, but you've still been able to find the time to talk to us for the podcast, and I'm very, very grateful for your effort. Thank you so much for being with us. No, it's an honour to be on. Thank you so much for your time. And this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. (laughs) 